grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Intimacy is not something that just happens between two people. It's a way of being alive. At every moment, we are choosing either to reveal ourselves or to protect ourselves, to value ourselves or to diminish ourselves, to tell the truth or to hide, to dive into life or to avoid it. Intimacy is making the choice to be connected to rather than isolated from our deepest truth as that moment. Tonight on Lipstick After Dark, Sindra and Luke are going to help us navigate the murky waters that can be locked down and teach us what we need to know about staying sexually connected with our partner and with ourselves. We also hear from Lucy Peach in our Period Queen segment. And tonight we're going to be delving into the pre-ovulatory phase and how we can maximize that for productivity. As always, the wonderful Timberlina will be along to distribute her drag therapy. We have a jam-packed show for you, so let's get into it. I'm Louise Wilkinson, and you're listening to Lipstick After Dark. Ever wondered about Tantra? Perhaps you want to know the benefits of sperm retention. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples invite you to explore the outer limits of your sexuality on After Dark. It's certainly challenging times that we live in and it can be difficult to maintain intimacy and connection for one or two reasons, either because you're in each other's faces 24-7 and you can't get the space that you need to recalibrate or you can't see enough of your partner at this time. Either way, Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples certainly have us covered tonight. They're going to be talking about the three M's. I'm intrigued, guys. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. We're super excited to be here. Yeah, super excited. Every time that comes up for Lipstick After Dark Time, we get really pumped and <laughs> yeah, it's a lot uh, of fun having these conversations. Hey, look, you know what it really is? And um, you always come up with such fantastic things that blow my mind every time. So <laughs> what are we talking about today? We wanted to talk about, you know, during this time, lockdown times, uh, it can put a lot of stress stress on your relationship. And if you are single or you can't have access to your partner, it can put, you know, a lot of stress on yourself as well. And sometimes at the moment, the last thing you want to do is have intimacy and sexual connection. So we've got a couple of little tips and tricks to kind of bring a bit of focus back to that. Yeah, often when we're stressed out, um, you know, and there's a lot going on, intimacy is the first thing to drop down the priority ladder. Um, We just sort of think, oh, we'll just hustle and we'll just, you know, get through this one little period. But as anybody that's been a parent knows that that period can extend years and years into the relationship and um, you've got to bring some focus and priority back into maintaining that intimate connection with yourself and with your partner. That's absolutely true. And as parents, I think I'm always of the belief that if we look after our intimate relationships, we're going to parent a bit better. 
because we're in touch with ourselves and in touch with our partner and we're modelling um, how to have healthy uh, connections, healthy romantic connections. So it's so important and I think sometimes as parents we can let that slide and just be all about being the parent. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, they model what they see. So it's important. Yeah, and this is what we hear all the time from people that go through uh, both our couples program and our women's program is that when they do make these little changes, the kids notice and it has a massive ripple effect through the whole family. So one of the things that does make that happen that we wanted to kind of bring on to the program today is the love bubble uh, concept. So this thing that we kind of came up with, well, I think we came up with it. Um, and it's just a five minute bubble of time. So if you are partnered, you can also do this with yourself. Uh, it's a five minute time, non-negotiable every single day where you don't have your phone, the TV's off and you're just having some non-sexual intimacy time with you and your partner or yourself if you're single. Yeah. And some of the non-sexual intimacy things are, you know, you can do some eye gazing, look into each other's eyes. You can breathe together. There's lots of amazing breath work that you can do coupled or on your own. Um, you can, if you are single, you can have a look in your eyes in the mirror. Um, you can just, you know, do some slow dancing, rock back and forth. You can talk about things that you're excited to be doing, you know, in the future together but it's just five minutes to connect. It's not logistics. It's not who's picking the kids up, um, you know, what story you saw on Instagram. It's just about you guys for five minutes. And, um, you know, if that five minutes afterwards moves into something else, then that's that's totally fine. But that five minutes is just five minutes. So if after five minutes you, you're really busy and you need to go back to whatever you were doing, then that's all it is, is five minutes. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I, I love that and so important. Yeah. A lot of the time when we're stressed out and we don't feel like being sexually intimate, we just put the buffer up to any intimacy. Yeah. You know, like if you, you don't feel like being sexual, then when you have an opportunity to be intimate, you push it away because you're worried that it's going to move into sexual intimacy. And if you have confidence that that's all it's going to be is just a connection, just time to connect, then you're normally so much more open to being a part of that. Mm, Yeah, definitely. The other thing that we wanted to talk about is that real self-care piece. You know, I find sometimes we think, oh, lockdown, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then we end up just being on our phones or binging on Netflix sometimes. Um, No, don't know what you're talking about. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even know what Netflix is. I mean, yeah. yeah. So we have a little kind of non-negotiable again, self-care system, which is a three M. So move, meditate and masturbate. Oh, this sounds like fun. Okay. Can't get this on Netflix. Expand on it. (laughs) Not yet. Not Not yet. yet. We might be there one day, but um, (laughs) yes, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, so movement. So we need to be, um, you know, getting those good endorphins from exercise, whether it's just like dancing to one song, whether it's, you know, five or 10 minutes of like a, you know, home yoga or working out, whatever movement looks like for you, that's your movement piece masturbate is you know self-pleasure it's giving yourself maybe the sexual connection that might not be 
available or completely appropriate during the current situation with your partner, you can give that to yourself. Yep. And often that's a lot more comfortable place to be able to be in control of that sexual intimacy. Yeah. And med- meditations, whatever meditation looks like for you, that could be like reading your, like a novel. It could be doing some breath work. It could be, you know, downloading a meditation off the internet and listening to it. You know, it's, it's all available. It's just that um, time to process your thoughts so that we're not just dumping all of our stuff onto the, you know, the people around us or just, you know, keeping it running on a cycle and a loop in our head throughout the day. Yeah. And it's so important. And, you know, I, I, yesterday I was getting a little bit flooded and a little bit overwhelmed and I just went, right, stop. Went and got my yoga mat, went and lay out in the sun because vitamin D is important, um, both types. And I just, you know, meditated for 20 minutes just to reset myself and I was so much better and so much more productive after that it is so important um that's amazing I love that and it should be on Netflix Luke I think you should pitch yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) put a proposal in yeah I think that's the thing as well like what you said is you kind of get stuck in this hole of like checking the news or checking this, checking that. I've got to be on top of things. And you kind of end up in this like heightened state of like just fight or flight. So all of those things like the love bubble, meditation, movement and masturbation, self-pleasure is all going to allow your nervous system to recalibrate as well. So you do get out of that fight or flight. Yeah. It's so important right now because being in that heightened state is like probably the worst thing that you can do for your immunity uh, and yeah. sexual drive and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. One little, one little bonus thing that we've been practicing with lately is come around 7 PM in our house. We grab both of our phones, put them on airplane mode and put them in a shoebox so that we don't go into the scroll hole. And, yeah. you know, whilst we were trying to have that quality time together and be together, we just put them in the shoebox and we might check them just before we go to bed to make sure there's no messages that we need to reply to before the next day. But it means that if they're on the counter, we just find ourselves constantly picking them up to see what's going on. What's the latest news? Where are the cases? And um, often you just go into a scroll hole that you can't come out of. <laughs> yeah. And it is so anxiety inducing at the moment because you go, you know, oh my God, there's my local shopping centre. Oh my God, you know, I um, I think Mary, my friend, went there the other day. I better message her. Um, and it is. It's just so, yeah, so much. It's just, it's yeah. just consuming, consuming people's like relationship conversations as well. You know, so like all of that quality time is being taken up about talking about what is actually making us anxious rather than what we want to be living right now. That is such a powerful message on so many levels that I think we can all take on board. And guys, once again, the love bubble and the three M's knocking it out of the park. And I'm sure you're going to save some relationships with this talk uh, because it's absolute gold. So your five minutes, guys, make sure that you take that for each other or for yourself. Practice your three M's and don't fall down the scroll hole. I love that. I'm going to start using that as a, as a, I'm going to put that in my arsenal. Yeah. 
the scroll hole. Yeah. Don't fall down the scroll hole. I love it. <laughs> well, guys, um, you're looking incredibly relaxed and uh, centred, and I know from that that you are practising everything that you preach. So, yeah, look, uh, take care of yourselves, and I look forward to chatting more in a couple of weeks' time on Lipstick After Dark. Thank you. Bye. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark right here on Newcastle Live Radio. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Lucy Peach, period preacher. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been discussing the power of the menstrual cycle. Last week, we started at the very beginning in the dream phase when we are on our period and what that looks like and how we need to be a little bit gentle with ourselves. As luck would have it, last week I was on day one, so I was in my dream phase. So, Lucy, where am I at now that I've finished my period? So now you're getting ready to ovulate. Um, And, yeah, this is typically a much more energetic time. It's the longest phase of the cycle. It's where there's sort of the most rubber room. Right. Um, And now, yeah, you're getting ready to lay an egg. So you've got rising estrogen you're coming up to a little shot of testosterone. Um, yeah, this is, you know, provided you get enough rest in in the dream phase yep. because, yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting to sort of track your cycle and to notice how your energy now in the do phase is impacted by how much you rest when you've got a period. So yeah. your dream phase, if you do your dream phase well, you're setting yourself up for a good, phase. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Because if you're trying to do too much in the dream phase, you're depleted coming into this next bit, aren't you? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Okay. So let's have a look at what the do phase looks like. We've talked about the hormones. So um, our bodies are flooding with estrogen um, and energy is up, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, physically, um, you know, you just sort of um, I mean, one thing about estrogen is, is what's known as an anabolic right. hormone. So it, it builds muscle. So, you know, if you're into fitness, this is a really good time to just be um, challenging yourself a little bit and to be really kind of um, just in your body and, you know, just getting large because this is the time of the month where, you know, if you're wanting to get a personal best or you're wanting to kind of lift more or whatever it is that you do to exercise, this is, you know, this is really the time to um, explore that and feel how strong you are. That's kind of what's going on in your body. And, you know, mentally you can just feel like um, you're more easily able to make decisions and, you know, think faster and talk faster and walk faster. Everyone else around you is kind of like, you know, talking like they're underwater, it can be a little bit frustrating at this time of the month if you're just, um, you know, having to feel like you've got to keep up with everyone else because, you know, you've got to really remind yourself that, well, I do anyway, that my partner and my son in particular aren't, you know, peaking on the power of estrogen um, (laughs) like I am, you know. So, yeah, you really just kind of, you just, yeah. You're just on fire, basically. and yeah. um, They should have got you onto the Olympic team. 
<laughs> you know, to give to give the female athletes this information. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's a thing. It it is something that happens. Um, you know, um, with it's not as widely talked about, um, but it's definitely becoming more and more popular. Um, Dawn Scott, who was the coach of the American women's soccer team who won the World Cup a couple of years ago. She was sort of a real pioneer in publicly proclaiming that cycle tracking is what gave them the edge to win the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and there's a really great video of Rose Lavelle winning the game-winning goal. Um, and I remember reading an article that said, you know, Rose Lavelle won the game-winning goal in spite of being premenstrual and she got her period the next day. <laughs> and I just thought, no, she did not win that in spite of being premenstrual. She won that because she was premenstrual. She was absolutely channeling yep. the fury and the fire and she just looks so fierce. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. So what sort of things should we be doing in the do phase? Um, is that where we sort of kick, kick the goals of the uh, – I guess smashing through the to-do list. I guess that's, um, ta- you know, yeah, tackling I mean, the big productive projects. Yeah, I think it's it's really you know if you've had a bit of time during your period in the dream phase to really think about what you want this month to look like and what your kind of hero goals are, then this is the time to really just mobilise and and get things done and. Um, I think to really enjoy that sort of singular focus that can come, you know, when you're feeling a bit more sort of determined. Something I say to when I'm speaking to younger people, you know, if you are in the do phase and you get a project or you get something at school that you need to do, don't procrastinate. This is the time to just just get it done, you mm. know. Um, and it's a good time to make decisions, I think, if you've sort of really reflected on something during your period and then you kind of pop out and you think, yeah, that's what I should do about that thing, then don't doubt that because I think that's a really powerful insight when you kind of, um, you know, you've you've reflected and you've rested and now you get that rise in energy and that natural impulse to go and get something done. It's, yeah, don't don't hamstring that that dream. That's kind of like just let it, let it go. And, you know, a really common question um, – is, yeah, but what if I get to day six or day seven and I actually don't feel like doing it at all? Um, then I think it's really important to just remember that it's never too late to have a rest and it's never too late to kind of um, make up for any pushing that you might have done during mm. your period, you know, because we're not robots and we, the world isn't, you know, um, completely aligned to our cycles. And yeah. sometimes you don't get the ultimate setup. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's really just important to be kind to yourself as always because if you didn't, you know, quite get the period that you wanted, then maybe you're not feeling as energetic now and it's, it's okay to just kind of, yeah, ret- retrospectively give a bit more of that rest to yourself and to be patient. And, um, you know, another way of looking at the phases is as though they are um, the seasons, you know, yeah. the changes in the seasons and that's, um, an idea that was championed um, in a book called Wild Power by um, Alexandra Pope um, and Shani Hugo Wurlitzer, who are the authors. And Alexandra was the you know first person to sort of make that connection with with the seasons. And yeah. so, if we're in the do phase, we're getting ready to ovulate. It's like we're in spring, 
Yes. And, um, and sometimes, you know, spring comes along with a burst and there's just, you know, daffodils everywhere and the sun's shining and it's, it's all go. And other times it's like, you know, there's one little daffodil trying to push its head out and <laughs> feel a bit rainy and yep. <laughs> it's just, you know. Yeah. And, and every cycle is different, you know. I think it's, it's so important to track because, you know, once you've really kept a, kept a note of, of what your cycle looks like over a few months, then you can see the patterns. You can, you can see that actually, oh, well, actually I really, I, I don't, I don't start my G phase until day eight, you know, yeah. I, I'm a slow starter or actually it's like day four, day five, you know, particularly if you've got a slower cycle. So yeah. it's kind of all well and good to talk about, you know, the days and the cycle, the phase lengths and the transitions, but, um, and that's what I sort of go into in the book, but it's only really in tracking your own cycle that you'll start to get that information about your particular pattern, you know, because everyone experiences the phases differently. And, and some people, you know, they just love the do phase. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the real me. This is where I fly. This is, you know, yep. um, this is where it's at. You know, we're very rewarded for this phase, so it's quite tempting to feel like, um, you know, this is where you should be all the all time. The time. That, yeah. That would be quite exhausting. I bet you it would be. <laughs> yeah. mm. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Yeah. So this is the spring of our cycle and uh, and the, the time to get busy and the time that we can put these dreams that we had in the, in the quieter time into action. And so you were saying that this is sort of, I mean, as you, as you just explained, everyone is different, but you said this mm. is sort of the longest uh, bit of your cycle. So generally what, what sort of day are we looking at um, in terms so of yeah, when it starts, when it finishes? you've got, um, uh, you know, a 30-day cycle, you will ovulate later than someone with a 27 or a 28-day yes. cycle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we always talk about ovulating on day 14, which is, you know, maybe true if you've got a 28-day cycle, but, um, yeah, it's, that's why, you know, again, tracking is really important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I go into this in the book around, um, you know, using your temperature to find out um, when you've ovulated because once you ovulate, then you're moving into the, the give phase. Yeah. Um, but you only ever know that you've ovulated the day after you've ovulated. Right. So, okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, you, 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 um, then you can predict when you, when you think you might be, um, uh, going to ovulate, you know, there's also other changes like your, you know, the position of your cervix and your, um, cervical fluids and things. Um, yeah. but yeah, generally, um, this is the longest part of the cycle and, um, the transition that a lot of people kind of um, take a bit longer to get across because um, it's not as obvious as, you know, when you're getting a period, for instance. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is It is very much a how long is a piece of string question um, because, yeah, everyone's, everyone's um, different. But, yeah, just um, like getting – And even from month to month, you know, for instance, this cycle, um, you know, I kept checking my temperature in the morning – um, and it was still low, you know, because it goes up once you have ovulated. And generally I ovulated about day 16 yep. because I have a sort of 30, 31 day cycle. Yeah. Um, and 
Um, and I didn't ovulate until day 17, which, which I knew because um, my temperature was up on day 18. Right. So, yeah. So for me, you know, the do phase is kind of day six, day seven until day 16. So, yeah, yeah. it's like. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah, you really have to listen to your body to work out when yours is for sure. Yeah, that's, that's right. Awesome. That's right. Well, next week we're moving into the give phase, so I'm excited to unpack that with you. Lucy, thanks once again for joining us on Lipstick After Dark, and we will see you same bat time next week. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. Strap in and get on to the therapist's lounge because Timberlina is back in the building for another week of drag therapy with In Bed with Timberlina. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello, hello. Another week and we're here and alive. Yeah. And I'm gay. <laughs> no. Come on now. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that. I'm deeply shocked. <laughs> You, you sort of get that impression when, you know, I saw you and I went, oh, my Lord, you're glowing. Have you had a facial? And you went, yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're asking the hard questions today. Here we go. Mm, I have I have this particular one. I have my friends have um, yeah, experienced this. So I'll be interested to see what your answer is. Okay. I am dating a guy, everything is perfect, but I can't stand my partner's best friend. How do I broach this subject? It's really driving me crazy. See, I you'd have I you'd have to do it in like a a casual setting, I feel. Mm. So it's like and maybe like not not drinking. Yes. Um, no drinks. Um, so like why are you watching TV or dinner during the week? Um and I'd always write down like a few points or like remember a few points of why you don't like that person. Um, only because you can't be like, mm, I don't like your best friend. Um, you need to really like dig down why you don't like them so you can have that. Um Honesty is the best policy and I feel like you need to both work together to be like, yeah, you can hang out with him when I'm not around because I don't like him um, and set some boundaries. Um, But I feel like you really need to discuss why you don't like his best friend. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say? I mean, like we don't have any context here, so it could be something that's sort of has offended her personally. Um, But I often find sometimes I find that advocating for the people I care about is actually easier than advocating for myself at times. So what would you do if the problem was actually that she was offended by by a behaviour that the best friend was inflicting on the boyfriend that he maybe wasn't aware about. Yeah. It's like when you're drinking with him, you treat me like shit or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would just literally come out and say it, but that's the type of person I am. Yeah. Um, so, but like when you're in that casual setting, when there's no alcohol, yep. you'd be like, I 
when you're around your bestie, um, I feel like you're really mistreating me and you're making fun of me. Um, and I really don't like that. I don't like to be around when he's around. So maybe um, if you're going to hang out with him, you go to his place um, and he doesn't come to our place when I'm at home or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And I think just, yeah, just having like a, a gentle conversation without blame uh, yep. is the best way to go. That's yep. very adult of you, Timberlina. I like it. I know. Sometimes I can be adult-like. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um, oh, mm. I think a lot of ladies at home will be nodding along to this next question. I am having sex dreams about the barista at my coffee shop. Help. <laughs> oh, I love this. Haven't we all been there? Um, I mean, one, have you chatted to them? Do you know anything about them? Um, are they single? Um, are you single? There's so many questions I have for this. Um, if so, like chat to them, get to know them, ask them out for a coffee or a beverage. Yeah, um, maybe not a coffee because it would be yeah. like, let's go for coffee, you make it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just stand here next to the machine. Um, but I feel like you need to, I need to know so much more about this before I can really give you a proper answer. But like, keep having those sex dreams. Like, love that. Um, but also, like, get to know them. See how, if there was like any other feelings for that person rather than just like in your dreams. Yeah. And look, I have to say, like, Coffee shop owners aren't stupid. No. And I have frequented a few coffee shops in a particular strip in Newcastle that has a lot of coffee shops. And I can tell you for free that they hire based on the hotness of the barista. I gotta be honest with you. Like it was it was a thing. And look, worked for me. I bought a lot of coffee. <laughs> Attractive people sell. They so do. It's, it's, it is true. It's a reality. It's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. We have to we have to say it like it is. Because uh-huh. yeah, it is a marketing strategy. So if you think you got a red hot shot, get in there, ask the question and ask him out for a beverage, definitely. Um, yeah. but also be aware of the power of the marketing machine. <laughs> I love that. That's a great response to that though. They've really done that, haven't they? Oh, for sure. And you'll notice it everywhere you go now. And barbers yeah. are another one. Oh yeah, barbers are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. Yeah. When you walk past and yeah, there's the hot barber in that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so we've probably blown the cover. We're gonna have angry letters from um cafe owners, but um Look, we tell it like it is here on Lipstick After Dark. Yeah, (laughs) Okay, last one. I went on a date with a guy a couple of times and I couldn't see a future with him, so I let him know. But he is being very persistent and a little bit clingy, even though I have told him that I don't see a future. How can I let him down gently? Oh, this is tricky. Trick, trick, tricky. Um, maybe you need to, when he might send you a text message, don't respond straight away. Like wait till the next day. Mm-hmm. So you start like Distancing. stepping away mm-hmm. and like leave him on red or like, yeah. Oh, harsh. And, well, I know. Clingy. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. And look, in fairness, I think it is sort of reaching that point because she has told him that, mm. you know, like maybe not floating a boat. Yeah. But the best thing also, you can now mute conversations on like most platforms. So give it a good mute so it doesn't come up, <laughs> doesn't notify you. Um, and then like you're automatically leaving them like a couple of hours or a few days, whatever you need to do. Or oh, this one sounds really bad. Maybe you need to do a little white line. So, like, say you started seeing, seeing someone else. else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people have done it, but yeah. like, and then it's just like, oh, he'll like start stepping away naturally because he's like, oh, okay, well, you've started seeing someone else. So, look, we we have we've all done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Everyone has done it. Yeah. If you're saying that you've never done it, you've done it. Yeah. Yeah. We're terrible people, but it is what it is. I mean, yeah. It's not like she hasn't, like, been honest with him and he's not getting the hint. So, yeah. You're going exactly. to you're gonna have to go a little bit harder on the strategy. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend, and I will see you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. It's time for me to bid you farewell once again, dear listener. It's been an absolute pleasure to have your company on this Thursday night. We're locked up for a little bit longer, but take that time to explore the depths of your sexuality with your partner or by yourself. I leave you with this. It's a quote by Charles M. Schultz. All you need is love. But a little chocolate and flowers now and then doesn't hurt. I bid you adieu with a lipstick kiss. I've been Louise Wilkinson and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. 